0: welcome to discovering the jewish jesus i'm your host dustin roberts and today rabbi schneider reveals the truth about hard times well it's easy to acknowledge and rely on the lord when things are going well but what about when things are not going well That's the question that Rabbi Schneider addresses today as we begin a new series titled Hannah's Song. We'll learn more about who Hannah is and why her cry to God reveals God's character and his authority in our lives. If you would like to take some notes, you can find Rabbi's study guides for each message online when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And right now, let's begin with prayer. Here is Rabbi Schneider.
1: Father, we just invite you to impregnate your word with the Ruach HaKodesh, that it would pierce our hearts like a two-edged sword, bringing transformation as you conform us, we ask, Father, into the image of your Son, Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus. Beloved, we're going today into the book of 1 Samuel, where I'm beginning this series, once again called Hannah's Song. Some of you know the story of the life of Hannah. Hannah was a Jew. She was an Israelite. She was unable to conceive. She went to the temple one day. She was crying bitterly to the Lord. As she was crying bitterly to the Lord, she was praying from her heart. Her lips were moving, but no sound was actually coming out of her mouth because she was praying from her heart and her lips were just moving. Well, the priest at the time, Eli, saw her and he thought she was drunk and he confronted her. And he challenged her, what are you doing here at the temple? Drunk, intoxicated. And she said, I'm not drunk. She was so respectful. She said, I'm crying from my heart because the Lord, she said, has closed my womb and I've been unable to conceive. Well, Eli, the priest was very touched and moved by her humility and her petition. And he blessed her. And lo and behold, beloved, it wasn't long after that, she had a baby. And as we pick up in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 2, Hannah now has brought her child that she supernaturally conceived and named Samuel, who became the great prophet Samuel, and she was praising the Lord in what we call the Song of Hannah back in the temple. What I'd like to do is to actually go right to her song, beginning in chapter two, verse number one, and we're gonna dig in to plumb the depths of the revelation in her song. The grass withers and the flowers fade, Baruch Hashem, but the word of the Lord, bless his name, abides forever. Hear the word of God. Then Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in Yahweh." That's the Hebrew word with the Hebrew letters yud Vavhe, vav which is translated in our English versions, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Whenever you see in your English translation the name, the Lord, in all caps, it's actually the way God's Hebrew name, a personal revelation, covenant name that He revealed to Moses, Most scholars believe it's pronounced a reverent breathy, Yahweh, is translated in our English Bible simply as Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. So she's actually praising the Father by his personal covenant name, which was first revealed to Moshe, to Moses, and then was actually used by the writers of the Hebrew Bible 7,000 times. Now one of the things as we take a step back a little bit to understand the heart of Hannah is to conceive of the revelation that when she was not able to conceive, she took that as part of God's plan for her life. So if we go back to the first chapter, we read there in verse number six, the words, because the Lord had closed her womb. You see, Hannah's husband actually had two wives, and her husband loved Hannah, but Hannah was unable to conceive, and the understanding of the scripture writer is that it was the Lord in verse number six that had closed her womb, and so we see this concept of the sovereignty of God very strongly illustrated in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible. For example, in the book of Job, when Job struck tragedy, Job's response was, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. We see, for example, in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, that Nebuchadnezzar understood after the Lord caused him to go mad because Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't humble himself. And then later after Nebuchadnezzar had learned his lesson because the Lord caused him to be driven into a spirit of madness for a number of years, when the Lord restored him out of that, Nebuchadnezzar declared, there is God and there's no other. He's Lord in heaven and he's Lord on earth and he does what he will with the host of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth and no one can stop him. My point, beloved one, is that the people of Israel In the Hebrew Bible, we see how they thought. They understood that both good and bad came from the Lord. Now, without an understanding of the sovereignty of God, we have this dichotomy of understanding God's Lordship. We think that the good things come from God and the bad things come from the devil and the two never meet. But when we look at the life of Job, we see that Satan had to come before the Lord to get permission to torment Job. And so Job correctly understood that everything that was going on in his life ultimately could be traced back to God. Now, I know this is hard to digest. And let me humbly say, I don't have all the answers for this. I know there are many, many hard questions that people could pose that I don't have answers for. But let's not let, beloved ones, what we don't understand, to keep us from clinging to what we do understand. The simple and profound point that I'm making, beloved one, to you is that God is sovereign. And the Hebrew people, as illustrated in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh, they perceive the world in terms of there being only one God that was reigning over the universe and when something bad happened they didn't simply attribute it to the devil as if God's hand had no purpose in it they always tried to interpret whatever was happening back to God and so we see in the Hebrew Bible that many bad things did happen as a result of God's sovereignty for example what about the flood When God drowned the entire world, saved Noah and his family because the earth was exceedingly wicked and his purpose was to cleanse it and start over. Who was responsible for the flood? Well, God was responsible for the flood. But yet in today's church theology, in many circles, there's no room in that theology for God to be responsible for anything bad. But if we're honest with ourselves and we look at the Hebrew Bible, who Paul said was written not just for Israel, but also for us, for the ecclesia, for the church upon whom the end of the ages has come. When we look in the Hebrew Bible, we see that many bad things are directly attributed to God's sovereignty. Now, when I say bad things, there is no evil in God, but I'm saying from a temporary perspective, from a temporal perspective, we see God's judgment falling upon the earth, which if we just perceive it, only in the realm of the here and now will say it's evil. Like if we were living during the time of the flood, we would say, well, that's evil. But ultimately it wasn't evil because God had a higher perspective. There was a higher reality at work than just what was going on in the moment. We see the same thing with Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened? God destroyed the city. Who destroyed the city? God destroyed the city. And yet today, If there is a natural disaster that strikes a city in the United States or around the world, God forbid that any preacher should say that the Lord may have had something to do with it. God forbid a man of God or a woman of God says that was a judgment from the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that in any particular situation it was a judgment from God, but if we're honest with ourselves and we study the Hebrew Bible, we see that the Lord did bring judgment upon certain peoples and cities, and it was a direct result of God's judgment. Now, how does this apply to our text today from the book of Hannah? It applies, and I'm trying to make sense of all this, because Hannah not only rejoiced in the Lord when she conceived, which is the main theme of her song, but when she was not able to conceive, she filtered that, unto the Lord as well. And so we read in the first chapter, verse six, that the Lord had closed her womb. Now again, I realize this is very sensitive because there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and people could be saying to me, Rabbi, are you saying that the Lord did this? That the Lord closed my womb? I'm not saying anything particular about any city or about any person or about anyone's specific circumstance. I'm just giving you the broad lens of a theological perspective that we see revealed in both the Old and New Testaments that we should try to take into account when we get our life view. Because there's one God and from Him and through Him and to Him are all things.
0: You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. If you're looking to better equip yourself in your study, pursuit, and growth in Jesus the Messiah, be sure to go online and explore our treasury of Messianic content. You'll find Messianic teaching tools and videos, information about God's seven annual feasts, the Hebrew names, titles of God, and so much more. This content is ready and available for you today online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. At the core of everything we do at Discovering the Jewish Jesus is our commitment to declare the whole counsel of God's Word from start to finish. In fact, Rabbi's unique way of connecting the Old and the New Testaments has helped people all over the world to understand the Bible with fresh eyes. To join us in this work of God, Give a donation online today at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And now here is Rabbi Schneider.
1: Before we move on, I wanna just simply make a point that we often overlook. Again, we're tying it back into the life of Hannah because Hannah, no matter what was going on in her life, she filtered it all from the Lord as opposed to many, quote, Christians today, and I'm not saying that they're not Christians, but I'm just saying that theology is deficit, it's weak, it's shallow, it's lacking because they don't filter their understanding of God or scripture through the lens of the Hebrew Bible. They only look at the New Testament, so all they see is a part of God's revelation. They don't have the full part of God's revelation. Like Jesus taught, when Jesus said in Matthew 13, every scribe, That was somebody that knew the Hebrew Bible. Every scribe, Yeshua said, that becomes a disciple of mine will be like the owner of a mansion that brings forth out of that mansion treasures old and new. In other words, Jesus said, when someone knows the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, they're able to bring forth rich, deep revelation from both the old and the new, as opposed to so many People today that love Jesus, but have no understanding or willingness to filter the Hebrew Bible into their perspective of who God is and how he operates. And so Hannah, once again, she took not only the good from God, but when something painful was going on in her life, she also humbly submitted to the Lord, and her understanding was that the Lord had shut her womb. We have to filter everything that happens in our life from the Lord. Because even what we perceive sometimes as the hard things or the bad things, God has a higher purpose for. And when we give everything back to him, he causes everything to be used for good. And the good that he is using everything for is to conform us to his image. Now, considering the fact that Hannah, again, she filtered both the fact when her womb was closed, she looked to the Lord about that and attributed that to God. And then when she was able to conceive, she gave praise to God. She realized there was only one God. And even though we realize that Satan's at work in the world and he causes evil, we have the understanding that God is sovereign And we see once again from the book of Job that when Satan brought torment into Job's life, he had to get permission from God to do it. There's one God, the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter four, that he's God in heaven above and on the earth below. And I want you to hear this now, it's hard to hear. But today, many believers have no room in their understanding for who God is and how he operates. They have no room to filter in the reality of God's judgment. You see, judgment is part of God's moral attributes. In other words, if God does not judge sin, if God does not judge evil, how can we respect him? There would be something lacking in his character. And so, because God is holy, And a judgment against sin and evil is necessary in order for God to satisfy his predisposition towards holiness, we need to understand that sometimes judgment can be God's best gift to us. You see, I know many people that did not come to faith in God until they experienced God's judgment in their life. Until they were running in the world, they wouldn't repent. God had tried to knock on their heart. He couldn't get their attention. They wouldn't respond to his gentle voice. So what did God have to do? He had to bring judgment into their life, hard judgment against their lifestyle, against their sin, by putting them in a hospital, by putting them on a sickbed, by causing some catastrophe to happen in their life. And it was only when they were judged that they were able then to come out of their hard-hearted, stubborn mindset and lifestyle to be able to open themselves up to the Lord. You see, in the book of Deuteronomy, once again, chapter number four, we read about Israel. And the scripture says there that in the last days, when Israel is under much distress, they will come to their senses and they will turn back. Unto the Lord. What was it that brought Israel back to the Lord? It was their distress. It was God's judgment. Listen, Deuteronomy 4.30, speaking of Israel. When you are in distress and all these things have come upon you, what things? Judgment. In the latter days, when you are in distress and all these things have come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord and you will listen to his voice. God uses everything for his glory. He was preparing Hannah for the purpose he had for, even when he had her womb closed. When the time was perfect, he opened her womb and he brought forth from her womb one of the greatest prophets, Samuel, that has ever been born in the world. So I want to encourage you, beloved ones, to get on your knees with me today and to repent, to recognize there's only one God. It's not God fighting against the devil. God is sovereign. He's Lord in heaven and on earth. And regardless of what is happening in our life, we need to say to the Lord, God, what is your purpose in this? What should I do in response to what's happening? Help me to understand what I'm going through right now and why, because Father God, there's only one Lord and all things are from you according to the book of Romans, through you and to you. God is the ultimate reality. He's the ground of all being. He is uncreated life. And when we begin to lead our lives like this, as Jesus taught us, not to fear a man that can kill the body, but only to fear the Lord that can destroy both soul and body in hell. When we begin to live with the mind of Christ who stood before Pilate, when Pilate said to him, don't you know I have the power to crucify you? And Yeshua's response to him was, you'd have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. When we begin to live like Hannah, when we get the mind of Jesus and recognize that there's only one sovereign, when we don't bow to fear, when we don't yield to Satan, but only give honor and glory, to the one forming light and creating darkness, according to the book of Isaiah. Will, beloved, enter in to the way that leads to life. Who is the way? King Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Let's be like him, beloved ones, that fear no one and nothing but God and your everything through the understanding that God is the ground and source of everything.
0: You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. If you'd like to learn more about God and how you can make him first in your life, please visit us online at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com And then, if you know the Lord, but you'd like to take your study of His Word further, then please take a few moments to explore all the resources and the study tools that we have available. You'll find a treasury of Messianic content on our website, and it's designed to help you learn more about God's nature as it's revealed in both Testaments, the Old and the New. And as Rabbi likes to say, the Old and the New Testaments, they fit together like a hand in a glove. So please go online and take a look around. And now here is Rabbi once again to talk about what's on his heart today.
1: Beloved, in Jewish tradition, we teach that after the fall of Adam and Eve, the world was cut off from God's grace, but that God's grace entered back into the world where Abraham, the father of all believers, offered up his son, Isaac. In fact, the New Testament says that through Abraham's seed, who is Yeshua, all the nations of the earth are blessed. What caused this grace to open up? It was Abraham's act of surrender. And you and I, if we're gonna be children of Abraham, we also need to live surrendered lifestyles. And the rubber meets the road oftentimes with leading a surrendered lifestyle with our finances. I wanna simply ask you, beloved, Are you and I surrendered to the Lord in the area of our finances? If we're not, we're shutting our heart off from the grace of God. I simply wanna say to you, if the Lord is bearing witness with your heart to make an offering to Him, to surrender to Him through discovering the Jewish Jesus financially, beloved, just do it. We open up a channel to be blessed in the process.
0: If God is prompting you to give a gift to this ministry today, then let me tell you how you can get in touch. You can call the number 800-777-7835. And we're always looking for individuals who want to take that next step. So sign up to be a monthly partner with us as we share the hope of Messiah with millions of people around the world. It's easy to automate your gift online. So sign up today at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com And you can also Text your donation to us Just type the keyword Rabbi To the number 45777 That number again Is 45777 As our way of saying Thank you For your generous gifts We'll send you Rabbi's latest Audio message Of the month On CD Or as a digital download And for those Who sign up As new monthly partners We'll send you an authentic shofar that's handcrafted in Israel. The shofar, it announces the kingdom of God and with your generous support, that's exactly what we're doing here at Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Thank you so much for helping us reach Israel and the world with the love of Messiah. If you need to write to us for any reason, our address is Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield Michigan 49228. And right now, let's wrap up today's message on the truth about hard times with a special blessing.
1: The words from the ironic Blessing in the book of Numbers chapter 6 verses 22 through 27 helps us to realize how good God is to you and I personally. So receive his blessing into your life and then beloved one, go bless somebody else in Jesus name today. Ja wa Yahweh gejawe waar ich mache Ja ihr Jawe Pnavelle chan and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you, and Shalom.
0: I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us next week when Rabbi Schneider asks, does God have any competition? Well, learn the Engaging Answer Monday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.